Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Claire O'Sullivan podcast. So today I am super, super excited to welcome on our very first ever guest on the podcast. And I'm excited for a good few reasons. First of all, to have our first guest on, but also because it is someone who is a great friend and a really great inspiration to me as well. So today we have the amazing Lisa Cafferkey here to talk to us. And I suppose the purpose of me bringing Lisa here today is so that I can learn from her and so that hopefully everyone else can learn from her as well because I know she's got so much amazing um, information from her own experiences to share with us today. So welcome Lisa. Thank you very much Claire. I'm absolutely delighted and honoured to be your very first guest on the show and really looking forward to having a good enlightening conversation with you. Amazing, amazing. Um, so Lisa, I am not going to go butchering any introductions now. So I would love for you to introduce yourself and tell us all about yourself and your background. Yeah, okay, perfect. Um, so yeah, as you said there in the introduction, my name is Lisa Cafferkey. I'm from uh, Mayo and play with the Mayo Ladies uh, Senior Gaelic Football Team and have done since I was 17. So probably in around the last 15 years or so, um, Ladies Gaelic Football has been a huge part of my life. And, um, you know, I've learned lots of lots from that as well. Then from a professional aspect, um, my day job, I work with Trinity College Dublin as a student sport pathway manager. So I think the the two kind of passions of mine from a work perspective and then from a personal sporting perspective really intertwine uh, really well. So I think, you know, I've enjoyed um, I've enjoyed learning from each of them and showing how I suppose the skills that I have maybe from a football side of things have also kind of translated into my day-to-day work and life as well wow um that's actually really cool that I suppose your two passions are combining there um but I suppose I I didn't realize you were actually playing for Mayo for 15 years that sounds mad um but tell me how did you actually like how did you get into football day one yeah, I should interject there and, and make sure I'm not lying. So I was away for a couple of years in London for, for six or seven years in between. So whilst I started at 17, I've only been back in the fold um, with Mayo for the last four years since I did return um, from London. But yeah, in terms of how I got into football, um, I suppose it's always been a part of my life. Um, I grew up, anyone who, who knows me knows how much I love football. Um, and my mum would re- regularly tell me that when uh, when I was a baby or you know one or two that I actually slept with the football. Um, so <laughs> I think you know <laughs> it probably shows that I was crazy about it from day one. And um, yeah, I suppose I I played in school at home wherever I could really. And um, back at that time when I was growing up, um, there there was uh, in Kimavi, which is my local club. I played with the lads football team up until I was under 12, because at that particular time, um, there wasn't any ladies Gaelic football clubs um, in the area. So I suppose that was a, a really brilliant experience for me. And probably as a young person showed me that kind of anything was possible. And I really enjoyed and embraced the challenge of, of playing with the lads on the team. And, you know, I think it's probably only looking back on it now that I realized how special a, 
an opportunity and a moment that was for me as well. Um, you know, I would have regularly gone out onto the football pitches um, across Mayo and, you know, heard from other people, oh, don't, you know, somebody mark that girl over there, you know, they're going to have <laughs> an easy time of it. So, um, you know, I probably, I probably uh, scared a few lads along the way as well. Um, for it. But yeah, it, it's been a huge part of my life. And then I've played with Mayo all through the years, you know, under 12, 14, 16s, minors. Um, and then when I was in London as well, I played with both Parnells and London, uh, the London junior football team too. So, um, wow. yeah, it, it's fair to say that um, football has been a key part, a uh, component in my life. Wow. Um, that's so interesting to hear that you started playing with the boys. So I actually started playing with the boys as well. And I suppose it's probably the beauty about coming from a really small place, like where maybe where there isn't like an established ladies club at the time. And I suppose we, um, myself and my best friend, we both kind of started at the same time. We were the only two girls and we would have always heard like those kind of things as well. Like, you know, like lads being like, oh, like I'll mark the girl or whatever. Um, but it's kind of nice when you can give them a little bit of a fright then. Yeah, definitely. I think um <laughs> I definitely love that challenge, um, I think, um, and uh, maybe showing them up. Um, but yeah, certainly, I think I got shown up a few times as well. But um, I think it made made me probably really resilient as well, because, you know, you did face them um, maybe slightly different challenges or had to move out outside your comfort zone a little bit as well. So, um, you know, I think I wouldn't change change that for the world. Um, and then, you know, I was lucky then that once I did uh, move from under 12, there was uh, ladies Gaelic football teams then in Canovey and, um, you know, we, we were really successful at underage as well. So, um, yeah, it's been certainly a positive experience. Okay. And did you know, like, from a very young age that, like, you had, like, a pretty good talent for football and did you feel like that was something that was go- like back then did you feel like it was something that was going to be a big part of your life um yeah I, th- I think I I did know that football was going to be a, a part of my life I I probably never really considered myself to be good I I just enjoyed I suppose playing and you know for the simplicity of um going outside and and you know uh, having fun really and I think that's probably all I thought about when I was younger um my sister Sinead we'd, we'd be very close in age and, and Sinead plays with Mayo as well um now but you know we would have spent endless amount of hours in the the pitch trying to recreate you know whether it was Kieran McDonald's score or, you know Cora Staunton or you know something like that and I think you know I think that I suppose hope and inspiration um you know was translated to me um working as hard as I can to maybe emulate some of my heroes that's amazing that's amazing and after seeing some of your scores this year I'd imagine there is some young boys and girls in Mayo trying to emulate Elisa Caffrey. Um, <laughs> but so you were saying there that so you've been playing um, county football for a good few years now and you're also I suppose sport is part of your career um, but I'd love to know like with the demands of playing for a county team and how professional like ladies football is nowadays and the commitment that comes from being part of a county team, how do you actually manage that alongside a career? 
Yeah, first of all, I think you have to have um, a really good support network around you. Um, I'm really fortunate that um, my employers in, in Trinity College Dublin and, and Trinity Sports are really understanding and, and supportive of, of um, you know, my commitments with with Mayo. And they they give me that flexibility to allow myself to, you know, uh, I suppose to to train and maybe go off a little bit early on occasions um, for games. So I think, you know, to, to have that support of my employer has been key. And equally, you know, family, friends, um, it's really important that you do have that support network around you. But um, for me, I think it, it comes back to, to time management and organization. And I would always probably um, sit down on a, a Sunday and try and plan out kind of what my, um, you know, different, different things that I have on that week and see where maybe I need to make some changes to, to fit everything in. So I think that would be a really um, important factor for me. And, um, you know, I like to think ahead and to, to plan ahead. And I think that's crucial to, to having that balance between, um, between both, because um, I suppose I want to be as successful as I can both on and off that pitch. Um, And, you know, I think I, I wouldn't want to, um, you know, feel like I'm missing out in any aspect of that either. So I think having a, a plan in your head, um, you know, and, and being able to, I suppose, visualize that a little bit um, makes it easier then. And, you know, you can plan your, your day, but also your week and your month um, and maybe um, do a little bit more and maybe a Monday if, you know, you have training on a Tuesday. Um, and I think just giving yourself that flexibility to do that. Hey, okay. That's really, really interesting that you do actually take that time on a Sunday to plan. Is that something you have always done? Is it something that like you just came about yourself? Is it, is it a hack you kind of learned from someone else? Like where has that come from? Um, probably a variety of different areas, you know, from, I suppose, listening, listening to different podcasts myself and uh, people planning um, you know, I, I'd pick up a few things from them, but, you know, I wouldn't say I'm always structured in the way I'm planning. I, you know, sometimes it's just in my head. Others, uh, other times I do write it down. But I think, you know, just giving yourself that space and to be mentally prepared for the week ahead is is really important. And to, I suppose, look back a little bit on the, the, the week previous and what did work, maybe what didn't, what you might need to change as well. So I think it just gives you a fresh kind of perspective to the week ahead um but yeah certainly there there would be um you know lots of people both you know from within um my teammates and can be mayo and also from a, a work perspective that i would have, have gained them to kind of tips from okay and just to um delve a small bit deeper when you are planning are what are you looking at are you looking at okay like how like how deep you go and you're looking like work this time training this time food this time like other activities or like so what what does your planning look like if someone was to try and plan to the level of Lisa Caffrey <laughs> I don't know if they should be copying me <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no I I would certainly try and it's I suppose you mentioned a little bit earlier about the the professionalism of ladies Gaelic football and how much it's come on. And um, we're really fortunate in Mayo to have a brilliant support and background team um, with us. You know, we've, we've a nutritionist, we've a performance coach, we've a variety of um, different experts in their fields, strength and conditioning. And I suppose it'd be using their, their insights as well. 
Um, but yeah, I, I certainly would have over the years, I suppose, developed that a little bit, um, you know, into looking at, yeah, what kind of nutrition. And I think nutrition is obviously a, a key area when you are planning your week because, you know, you need to know what demands, you know, how, how intense your training is going to be in order for you to make them little gains. Um, so, yeah, I think I would divide it up into, you know, my sport and my work. And then kind of break it down into maybe subsections then as well, um, you know, whether it's training, nutrition, um, and what are the, I suppose, the little areas or the little one percenters maybe that you can gain that advantage. Okay, I love that. Because um, I suppose when I am working with clients and things um, and people are maybe trying to get into health and fitness, a lot of the time we'll have like maybe the work side of things and our work diary like really planned out to a T but then it's like maybe sometimes a little bit hidden hope when it comes to like what time we'll get training done or what we'll have for dinner. And I, I think it's so important to plan out those things if we want to actually be successful with them or make sure they happen. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, I, I think, you know, um, structure is is really important. And, um, you know, if, if I didn't probably have structure to, to a week, I'd, I'd struggle and, you know, I keep putting everything on the long finger. And um, so, you know, I'm lucky enough again, as I said, that a lot of that is planned out for me with Mayo in terms of, um, you know, the set times for training and all of that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's really uh, a key part to, you know, if you want to achieve your goals, whether they're, you know, little or small, um, that you do spend a little bit of time and it, it doesn't take much time at all. You know, it's, it's probably, you know, 15 to 30 minutes on a Sunday just to reflect and to, to plan ahead. And I think it makes a difference. And I think it takes that probably stress or fear away of, oh, Jesus, I have to fit in all of these things in a week. Whereas, you know, if you break it down bit by bit and uh, component by component, it, it's actually not that um, hard to achieve at all. Yeah, totally, totally. I suppose I'm someone who really likes to plan as well like that. And I like to kind of plan in like everything. Um, And I, I suppose just what you're saying there, I kind of find that that structure maybe gives me the bit more freedom because then you actually kind of know like where you have the free time and you can maybe like plan things for that rather than kind of like, let's say, realizing during the week that there's no free time or there <laughs> is and not maybe having anything like plan to do with it that you could like enjoy um but just when you're talking about there about all the things you have to think about in your week like to keep all of that going and to be successful with all of that do you feel like you have to make a lot of sacrifices um that that's an interesting question Claire and um, and you know I suppose one that I would get quite a lot um you know people people would regularly say to to me you know she's inter-county football is a huge commitment um these days and you know I but I think that's very much the narrative that people want to believe um and I suppose growing up and um as I kind of maybe return back from from London and my time away from um, being involved with Mayo, I realized, you know, how fortunate I suppose I am um, and privileged I am to get to play with Mayo. And it's it's a personal choice for me and I, I wouldn't change it for the world. 
um yes certainly you know you have to make choices and sometimes you have to be a little bit selfish um with your choices but i would never see it as a as a sacrifice um it's a decision that i've personally made that i want to be part of um part of something and you know i think every day i pull on you know whether it's my convey jersey or my old jersey i remind myself how, how lucky i am to do that and um you know it is certainly for me anyways worth all of them little maybe sacrifices that you might have to make wow. um but equally, I think, you know, you surround yourself with people who are who are of that similar mindset. Um, and I think, um, you know, I, I think, yeah, certainly for me anyways, I would never consider it a, um, a huge sacrifice. I absolutely love that answer. So it's just maybe when other people are asking you those things, they would look at it as a sacrifice. And maybe that's because it's one maybe other people aren't willing to make. And I guess it's just so aligned with your values that, I love that you're taking ownership for the decision. You're, it, it's a choice you're making because you want to make it. it, it it's not a yeah. sacrifice and you're looking at it as a, a privilege. Yeah, certainly. Like, you know, it, it's definitely not for everyone, but I think, you know, sports and, um, you know, physical activity gives people an opportunity to pick what's right for them. And for me, um, playing intercounty football is what I want to do. It's, um, you know, it's what I, um, I suppose, get the most rewards from, um, from a personal point of view. And, you know, I think what's important is that everyone finds what is you know, I suppose what pushes them, what drives them and, um, you know, to align your values, as you said, with with that and to, to do something that you do enjoy. Wow, that is incredible. Do you feel like um, you consciously thought much about that? So I suppose some people maybe find it hard to figure out what they value so much and what's going to give them like like that passion and that reward that it sounds like you get from football like is it something you kind of fed into and realized Jesus that that is it or like was there much thought involved there do you think um I would feel that there's been different phases and different kind of periods of transition um you know when I first joined Mayo as a 17 year old um you know I was so excited and wanted to be part of that and I think I then went away probably when I was 22, 23 to London. And um, at that stage, I think I, I probably needed a break um, and uh, maybe a slightly different challenge. And I think it was whilst I was away, I realized how much um, how much I missed that, um, you know, challenge to put yourself against the the best players in the, the country. Um, so I think, yeah, it has had different phases and sport has had different meanings for me at, at different stages in my life. Um, but yeah, it, um, you know, it, it's something um, that has developed and, you know, I, I, I certainly would look at it a little bit differently now compared to when I was um, breaking on the scene as a 17 year old. Um, but I think there's, you know, there's nothing wrong with that either. I think, you know, life gives you, um, I suppose, different perspectives and you look at it slightly different. And I suppose the near and the, the, the closer you are to retirement age as well, it, it probably uh, makes, your, makes you um, value it a little bit more too. Wow. That's incredible. So, what are the things that sport gives you now? Like, what are the most important things that you get from that, that you get from it that that mean that it's not a sacrifice? Because I guess I I know like 
how like how much work goes into it like when you are after a full day's work and you have to then go and like have something good to eat before you're heading to training for a few hours before you're absolutely pushing yourself to your limits before you come home and recover and get ready to do it all again like it does take work it does take discipline um what is it that you get from that whole process that makes it very much worthwhile for you um how long have you got Claire <laughs> <laughs> um probably the, the the first thing that I would say is you know the friendships that it gives you and the, the memories you have from sports and I suppose I met you through you know when we were both in London through through football and there's probably countless other um friendships I've made down through the years that have been aligned to you know me playing sports and I think that's probably the the thing I value the most um from participating in it on a regular basis is that you know every every time I turn up to train and I get to see 30 of my friends um and it's kind of that social opportunity as well um to 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 meet people and to I suppose interact with like-minded individuals so yeah I suppose sport has given me them opportunities and uh, wonderful memories uh, along the way um but I also I suppose really love um the challenge um of of participating and competing and pushing myself um you know to, to the limits to see I suppose what it is I can achieve and I, I get real reward out of that and I think if you ask probably any any intercounty footballer, they're they're quite similar. Um, they probably hate the thoughts of you know doing runs or doing putting in the hard kind of yards. But you know, at the end of it, I think they're really deep down. They really love it, and I think we are wired maybe slightly differently to the the rest of the population. Um, but yeah, I I love that that challenge, and you know, I think it's always evolving and no year or no no training session is ever the same so I think you know you have to constantly um develop yourself um and develop others around you and um I suppose finally the the other enjoyment I guess is um I suppose being part of a team and um you know working with people um you know whether it's teammates or a management team who all have a similar purpose, a similar goal, a common goal, I suppose. Um, and I think it's really powerful when you get that connectivity between um between your teammates and your your management team that you know you're all going in the same direction and you know you might have a have had a bad day at work, um, you know, a difficult day at work, but when you go onto that football field, I think it's forgotten about and um it's a new challenge. So I, I think it gives you so many different rewards. Wow, that's incredible. Um, and you speak so incredibly passionate, so incredibly passionately about it that um it, it makes me want to step onto a football pitch. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, <laughs> um what what do you think, Lisa? What are the biggest challenges you face with um like with keeping it all going, like with keeping yourself motivated, like with like challenging yourself all the time because I'm, I'm sure there's tough days at training I'm sure there's days it, it doesn't always go right like what are the what are the biggest obstacles to keeping that all going and to keeping yourself motivated um I probably don't have the answer to that I'm not sure anyone does have the answer to that you know I think everyone goes through through difficult days and um for me personally the hardest challenges I've had to overcome are, are probably injuries 
Um, when I, you know, within the last two years, I've had a broken ankle and a, a broken hand um, and I missed out on an awful lot of championship football um, because of it. And I, I think that's probably um, been a challenge for me personally to to look at, OK, how do I overcome this? Um, you know, I've, I've been training away for maybe a couple of months and now I'm missing the most important parts of the year. Um, but I, I think, you know, you're surrounded by people who who care about you. And I think they quickly help you along the way with, um, you know, you can be a little bit down and emotionally drained for, you know, a day or two or maybe even a week. But I think there has to become a point where you, you hit the reset button. And I suppose a phrase that one of our coaches would use is, are you going to be an energy giver or an energy taker? And that's something that really resonated with me. I think when when I was injured, um, you know, because um, it's it's not about you; it's about the bigger picture, um, and you can still contribute in different ways. Um, so yeah, certainly it is. Yeah, having an injury is a difficult um thing to overcome, and one I have struggled with. Um, but I think it is important to talk to people and to set yourself little goals, I suppose, and and remind yourself why you are there. Um, and yeah, to, to keep, I suppose, the goals small, you know, and um, to for them to be realistic and achievable as well, so that you're not just looking at what the end ultimate end outcome is, um, because in a way that's outside your control. Okay, yeah, um, so that is so so powerful, and I love how you are like how that's very much resonated with you about energy giver and energy taker, and I suppose that is something that, like. I um, have like thought about a lot as well. It's like the environment you're surrounding yourself with. Are you surrounding yourself with people who give you energy or who take it away from you? And um, I always like to call them like you can either be a radiator or you can be a drain. You can radiate energy or you can take it away from people. So I suppose you're thinking about, okay, what am I doing in this situation? Like it's kind of for the team. Am I adding to their energy or am I taking away from it? And maybe like feeling a bit sorry for myself. But I can imagine that when you get an injury like that, it's like the, all of a sudden the goals that you had set out for the year are probably changed in an instant. Um, and I can imagine that, that hits you so so hard. Like in those initial few days, for for anyone who does go through a bit of a a knock a knockdown or a setback like for yourself what did you do to to kind of help you pull yourself out of that and start to see things in maybe that more like in that more positive light again um I I think it is important I suppose or to be okay with not being okay in them first few days and to recognize that I suppose you know it is all right to be upset and to um, you know, and that's certainly that early maybe stages of it for me anyways, you know, it is a huge disappointment when you get an injury. And, you know, initially, I suppose maybe when I got one of them injuries, I felt like bottling it all up and um, maybe not speaking about it because, you know, I was aware that it was in a team environment and, you know, you didn't want to take away from that. Um, but I think it is important to to speak about it because I think um, when other people are aware of the challenges and the problems maybe and, and your feelings that, 
um, you know, it, it becomes, I suppose, not just a burden on you that you're sharing that with other people. Um, so I think it is important to talk about it um, initially in, in the early stages. Um, but then to, um, you know, I suppose, have a have a point in time where you say, actually, you know, that's enough. <laughs> I'm not going to keep moaning <laughs> about it. I'm not going to, um, you know, it is what it is. I suppose you can't t- turn back time. So you know, I would probably normally give myself a couple of days and then um, at that stage, you know, reset, hit the reset button and say, OK, um, how can I how can I get back on it? And what do I have to do now to um, to come back um, and, and help the team? And I think looking at it, it's slightly different as well. So, you know, one, I suppose, would be how do you get back personally in terms of um, your physical um, physical ability, what's within your control from a prehab or a rehab um, perspective. But then, you know, looking at, I suppose, yeah, how can you help the team? You're not able to train, but, you know, is there other ways maybe that you can um, contribute and effectively help others along the way as well? So I think it is about resetting your goals and reframing, I suppose, that challenge that you do have. Um, but, yeah, I suppose speaking with other people, and um, um, you know, sharing I suppose that feeling a little bit as well um in the initial stages would certainly be something that I have benefited from that's so powerful like so incredibly powerful so I think I've taken a few really important things there from how you deal with a setback so I think the first thing you said give yourself the few days like it's okay not to be okay it's okay to feel crappy like you've just been dealt a blow like you don't need to feel like like you don't need to act like everything is absolutely fine. So give yourself that few days, but maybe don't stay there for too long. Like <laughs> you need to, you need to pull yourself back out of that. You need to reset. And I guess you need to look at the goals and, and like reset them for yourself. And you were kind of saying when you are resetting them, make them realistic, make them achievable, make them small initially. Um, And I suppose you were saying you're, alongside that you want to be leaning on others and speaking about it not just like keeping everything to yourself um, and I suppose it's like sharing the burden then and like it's out there it's not as big of a deal if I'm if I'm talking about yeah. it and I'm open about it and probably everyone else who's on that team has gone through something similar at some stage that they're going to be able to resonate with you and help um, and then okay we're resetting the focus but we're also thinking how can I how can I still contribute like I'm still going to be like able to give something if it's like to one of my teammates, if it's if it's whatever, I'm still going to be able to contribute in some way. And then your your challenge is no longer maybe at that time what it was, but the challenge is now recovery and that becomes your focus. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, um, I suppose just to add into that as well, to not be afraid of asking for help um, as well. So, you know, there is within every team or community that you're um, involved in, there's different expertise there. And I suppose um, asking for help is, is another important way. And, you know, seeing how maybe other people can help you um so whether it's been on top of your nutrition your strength and conditioning um your physio exercises just continuously i suppose leaning on people as well and seeing can they help you in a small um little way to accelerate that um recovery that you have as well and i think sometimes we are afraid to ask um ask for help so i think that would be 
a thing that I've learned, I suppose, over the years as well, is that, you know, people are do want to help, but sometimes you have to ask for that help. Um, so don't be afraid of doing that. Yeah. Why do you think we are afraid to ask for help? Um, I suppose it's a, maybe perceived as a, a sign of weakness um, that you maybe don't know or you don't have the answer yourself. And I think people are afraid of uh, showing maybe that weakness to to others. Um, but I think again, it's just reframing your your mindset and um, that it's okay to not have all the answers. You know, there is that community around you, um, and if if um, if you lean on them and ask for help, I think it'll one it'll increase your knowledge, but also you know again it'll um, I suppose share that you know that recovery journey that you're on that other people are helping you along the way as well so it's not just just your recovery you know others are are there wanting to help you along um with that journey as well yeah i think that's really really powerful and i think like i i actually do agree with you that sometimes we think that we need to have all the answers that like we need to know how to fix everything and i suppose especially if you're used of like um you know being able to kind of like manage everything yourself like you think that like we have this expectation that we should or we must or like of course I can do it like or we're afraid to maybe show that bit of vulnerability but I think there's such power in that in asking for help and in leaning on others and I suppose it's making sure that like if those people are there like that like we are like we are using that and that we are maybe sharing the load a little bit and not trying to um just like maybe muscle our way through things sometimes because chances are we'll get there faster when we lean on others definitely yeah definitely I think you know if if you're doing it all on your own and you know you're stubborn which I have certainly been probably down (laughs) through the years um you know and not wanting to ask for help um you know I think as you get older I suppose you realize that it isn't a sign of weakness um and that certainly will help you increase um and hopefully I suppose maybe come back as a slightly stronger player as well because I think you know different injuries I've had maybe for instance you know an ankle injury you you initially think oh geez like I can't do any lower body um exercises but once you do realize that there is stuff you can do you can actually come back a slightly stronger player whether it's maybe mentally or mentally more resilient or you know physically in different aspects um I think that would be certainly something that I've learned as well is that it is it does give you a different opportunity um maybe not the one that you asked for initially but it does um make you think in different ways and I think um other people have opened my eyes to that as well over time that's incredible so you're turning challenges and obstacles into opportunities to learn um that's so powerful Lisa and I suppose I'm just like the more that you are telling me about like I suppose how you go through life it's like it sounds like you've a very like a lot of powerful reframes if you're dealt a challenge or um like dealt any obstacle you're kind of like how can I actually think about this differently that's maybe going to serve me better um and I suppose like when like when anyone gets an injury or they get dealt any blow that they weren't expecting um like it's it's very easy to look at the negatives and like to look at maybe the things we're losing um but I suppose it doesn't actually help us like because 
maybe that's out of our control now. Like we've gotten injured. Like we can't actually, we can't control the fact we've got injured. It's okay. These are the cards I've been dealt. What can I do? How can I make the most of it? How can I actually learn from this? And you're turning negatives into positives. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, anyone who plays sports will tell you that like it's not a linear like end point that you're going towards that there certainly is lots and lots of ups and downs and um, nobody can really predict what um, what sport is going to deal you with. And I think that's probably part of the reason we all enjoy playing it so much is that it's unpredictable and it, it certainly does push you outside your comfort zone and makes you look at things differently. And I think you know, you become, I suppose, a better person for that um, off the pitch as well. Um, I think I said from the beginning, I think my, my, I suppose, experiences that I've gained on a football field have really translated into a professional capacity as well. And, um, you know, that I can use some of them skills, whether it's resilience, communication, teamwork, they all carry into my day-to-day work and life. And I think, you know, I suppose over time you realize um that that them challenges are good for you um and you know if if it was so easy you'd you'd get fed up with doing it 100 percent hindsight is an amazing thing isn't it (laughs) you're definitely not like um thanking uh the injuries and thanking the challenges at the time but it's so true that like like they shape the people that we become and like every single challenge that we get and that we overcome like it teaches us something and I think a lot like a lot of it what you're saying it like it is making us stronger mentally like mindset wise and we're thinking like okay if I can actually face that and overcome it like what else can I overcome and it does kind of like if you're going to reframe every obstacle you get if you're going to reframe every challenge that you face you're unstoppable like there is no stopping the person who has that mindset yeah yeah um it's it's probably not me but (laughs) (laughs) yeah um no yeah certainly I think you know it it does make you stronger um mentally stronger certainly I I think um and I've used the word I suppose resilient a few times and I think sport does give you that resilience because there is hurdles and there is challenges there that you do have to overcome and um you know it's maybe as you said what you wanted but I think it does in the long run make you a better person and and them experiences are you know all the experiences of I've had through sport I don't think I would change any of them because um you know there's whether they're positives or maybe negatives it's it's made me I suppose a better footballer and a better person hopefully as well amazing amazing um so there was something you said earlier about when you were talking about planning you were saying that like I guess for you planning is maybe allowing you to be more successful and allowing you to get that one percent better all the time um so I would just love to know like what like what what does success actually mean for you like in life and in sport like what is like that success that you're striving towards um I think success is continuously evolving um and you know I I don't think there's a certain there's a certain particular thing or outcome that I want to achieve I think it's continuously changing um you know at the minute I suppose it's 
it's trying to realize my potential um as best I can, you know, from a physical perspective and contributing towards the team as as much as I possibly can. Um so I suppose it's looking within your own control of um can you be the best best version of yourself? And I, I know that sounds a bit cringy. Um, but I suppose just looking at all the little um boxes that you can tick, you know, are you true to yourself? Um, and you know, I suppose as long as you can look yourself in the mirror and say you're given a hundred percent, then I think you are successful. Um, and then I suppose it's looking within the team that you're involved in and planning together, you know, what it is we want to achieve um, and breaking it down into small, I suppose, realistic components that you can um, can achieve that it's about the goals along the way. It's not necessarily the outcome. And I, I think that's something I've learned as well over time is, um, you know, it's it's the journey that you enjoy and um you know, to it, it might not necessarily be, you know, I've not been fortunate to win in All Ireland, um, but that doesn't mean that I th- think, you know, that I haven't been successful or that Mayo haven't been successful. I think it's success is different for everyone, um, and I think it's just finding what matters to you. And um, yeah, for me, I suppose it is looking at how can I be physically the best person um how can I be the most skillful person or version of myself um so I I would constantly I suppose try and work on them components and develop myself as a player as much as I can um so that I can ultimately contribute um to the team yeah I absolutely love that and I couldn't agree with you more like I don't think success is this thing. I don't think there's I don't think there's an endpoint. And I think it would be kind of sad if there was an endpoint, because when we get there, then what are we going to do? Just stop. So it's like for you, it's to be constantly evolving and constantly bettering yourself, like realizing that true potential. And I suppose, and at the moment now, like that's very much like directed towards your football, directed towards like your physical capabilities, but like it's, it's kind of like maybe at a different time, it, it might be something different as long as you are evolving and like bettering yourself and you can look in the mirror. That means you are being successful. Yeah. And I think it's really important as well to to celebrate them little wins along the way as well. Um, You know, when I was younger, I suppose it would have been nearly always about if we won you know, the county final or that, that would be, you know, what did you have a successful year? And that would probably be what I would have considered as a success. Um, but I think now um, I would probably look at it and be, realize that it's, it is important to celebrate them little wins along the way, um, you know, and whether that's a, a match that you've won or a good training session. But, you know, I think you have to enjoy the, the moment. And if you're not enjoying what you're part of, then I think you need to find something different different that will give you um a different kick and enjoyment out of it and um certainly I think you know that's changed for me along the way as well you know it's about I suppose the friendships the memories that you make and enjoying being in the moment um of what you're doing and not just focusing on the total end outcome because I think that end outcome is always shifting and is always changing Uh, so you're saying that that's changed for you you, were you more outcome focused previously yeah I think from a sporting perspective I think you know particularly in GA and uh, ladies Gaelic football sometimes I think people measure success just on whether you've won the All-Ireland or a county final 
And I think that probably links into your thinking as well when you're a little bit younger that actually, you know, because we didn't win that 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 year, we weren't successful. When actually, if you look back at it and reflect on what you've achieved and how much you've grown maybe in that year, then that should be the measure of a success is have you developed both as an individual and as a team throughout the year. And if you have and you've achieved them them goals that you set at the beginning then I think you can say that you have been successful um but yeah I think it is important and I think other sports um maybe do that a bit better than maybe Gaelic football although I think it is changing a little bit more and it is becoming a little bit more acceptable and I think probably looking at ladies Gaelic football Mead have been outstanding ambassadors and um you know they've showed that you should enjoy every moment and you know you see them celebrating after every <laughs> game and I think it's just been really refreshing because you know why wouldn't you you know you've you've worked hard for that day um to achieve a, a win and you, you've um you should be celebrating and, and celebrating with your your friends and your teammates and I think that is something that I think Mead ladies football have brought into um brought into the game in the last couple of years that is really really powerful um and I suppose I think it's something that we're all very guilty of all of the time and I think like as soon as like maybe we achieve the first little goal we'll just go on to the next and we'll just go on to the next and we'll forget to celebrate it along the way we'll say for yourself now like those little goals that you achieve along the way how do you like how do you stop yourself and like how do you make yourself enjoy that moment and like celebrate that win is like, do you have any like ritual for reflecting or do you have anything that you do that, that makes you appreciate it? Um, I probably have to admit, no, that I'm not the best person probably in terms of reflecting um, um, on things, but uh, yeah, I suppose it's just like a little recognition yourself that, I, um, you know, or, or hat tip to yourself that you know that has been something that you've been working towards and um you know it is okay to say that you're you're proud of achieving that or that it um you know has been a special moment and I think also it's about the environment that you surround yourself in and the type of people that um I suppose are in your life as well um and I think any team or you know that you're part of I think um you're fortunate to be part of that team and I think it, it's important that the the team does celebrate them um, little successes. And I think that has certainly, you know, in in my experience, I think it has changed over time as well. And people are a bit more willing to be open and say, you know, that that is something we should recognize and celebrate um, a little bit more. But, yeah, I think as um as players you're always you are always looking to the next step and you probably don't celebrate for too long um you know and I don't mean big massive celebrations or anything but I think just a, a small recognition that yeah you know that is something that that we've done well there and how can we develop that on even further for the next time so I suppose it is a little bit of self-reflection but maybe not in a formal way um whilst then you know within a team setting it might be a bit more um structured or formalized amazing um I think it's so important because I think like that motivates us to keep going and it allows us to enjoy that journey and if you know if it's not all about that in destination or that end outcome I think enjoying that journey is so important and I suppose maybe as you like the more years you play the more you probably realize that geez, I do need to be enjoying like these years and these wins now because, you know, like that doesn't go on forever. 
yeah certainly yeah i think you know um over time um you know i suppose i realize um at the stage i am in my life now in terms of um playing football it's it isn't going to continue forever and i i think i do appreciate it and value it a little bit more and you know i probably love nothing more than to be starting out my um footballing career and um you know be starting again but you know that's not the reality of it and i think you you certainly do appreciate it a little bit more as you're um getting to them latter stages of your career um but i think it is yeah it's really important and you know i certainly would be telling the the younger teammates on our, our panel to enjoy that moment that it doesn't come around and you know to to appreciate you know what you do have and the resources that you do have at your disposal as well because it hasn't always been that way um particularly in ladies gaelic football um so yeah i i think it is important to to recognize them yeah um and you've mentioned your environment a few times lisa how like how influential is your environment on you and on i suppose your success like personally and we'll say in football as well yeah, well, um, I suppose um, my sister and myself grew up um, very closely together in terms of playing football. And um, anyone that knows me and Sinead probably knows how competitive we are against each other. <laughs> um, so that would certainly be um, a key part in that environment. <laughs> and, you know, we we train together all the time and, you know, I suppose we do push each other um uh, probably drive each other mad as well a little bit but um you know I think it has been um you know I suppose a key part of um both of our developments is that um we always want to be better than the other person so um you know it, it is um it is positive but yeah I think you know surrounding um surrounding yourself with with good people and and that environment um you know to have a positive one there and one that challenges you as well I think is really important and um to not be afraid of challenging others in that environment as well um to to progress and develop on um as well and then you know, I suppose from a a working capacity as well um you know I think um, I am always wanting to improve my knowledge um, or expertise in a, a particular area. And I think that goes from, again, in Trinity College, where I'm working at the minute, um, there's always that um, push and emphasis on um, continuous um, professional development and learning and maybe going outside your comfort zone a little bit as well, um, you know, looking at different um different perspectives so sometimes you know even though I do work in a sports um sports environment you know looking outside of the world of sport and you know maybe it's business or a different area and see what you can gain that then you can maybe bring back into that um everyday life of yours so uh, yeah certainly would be something that I would try and do as much as I can um you know to to develop amazing amazing and it sounds like Sinead was a a big influential um factor in your development (laughs) (laughs) um but it sounds like Lisa that you do not shy away from challenge in any area of your life or you don't shy away from pushing out of your comfort zone um like what advice would you give to someone who who finds that like finds that kind of scary and who maybe finds it a little bit easier to stay in that comfort zone and not go for the challenge or the scary thing yeah you know it is it is scary and I think you know there's certainly been lots of times where 
I have doubted myself and, you know, will certainly continue to doubt myself in the future in terms of, you know, should I be trying that or should I go for that? Um, but I think looking at what it is you want to achieve and, you know, why you want to go and maybe what's what's holding you back, um, you know, what identify maybe what that fear factor is that's holding you back um, and then looking for help, I suppose, um, as I said before, you know, what you know what do you need to do in order to push yourself outside that comfort zone is that something within your control um you know and, and breaking it down into little steps i think is really really important um to know that you know it's it isn't that ultimate end outcome that you should be focusing on is you know whether it's um you know taking up sport for the first time it's like you know can you go with a friend for instance and you know can they bring you along the way so i think it's it's just looking at it in the smaller picture first in order to get to the end destination as you said a little bit earlier on but yeah everyone is going to be frightened and challenged and you know um there's certainly lots of times where i've doubted myself and whether i can achieve that but I suppose it's the support and encouragement that I've got from others as well um, that builds that trust and confidence in yourself that, you know, what's the worst thing that could happen? You know, don't be afraid of failure. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. And I suppose that first thing you said is like looking at that fear. And I think like a lot of the time for us, that fear is like a little bit irrational or there's like no truth or no evidence behind it because, a lot of time those things we're scared of maybe we haven't tried before so like we've no actual evidence to say we can't do it and it's like I love that of breaking it down because it's overwhelming when we're thinking of when we're thinking of winning that All-Ireland but if we're just thinking about okay the next training session the next game and just thinking okay that's actually achievable I can do that and leaning on the other people around us as well I love that yeah just all you can do is control what what's in your own remit and you know I think looking at that and say you know being honest with yourself about can you do that and I think most of the time you'll realize that you know you can do it um it's just a little bit of belief and confidence in yourself and that'll build and grow over time as well yeah yeah that's incredible um so I only have two more questions for you um so I would love to know what are what are you working towards at the moment what are like what are the goals that you have in mind that's going to make you successful pursuing um well at the minute we're we're preparing for a club championship with Kim of Shamrock so we have our first game coming up next weekend um we play in the senior uh, championship in in Mayo so I'm really looking forward to that and um I suppose it has been a split season this year where the first half of the season was with Mayo and we've now gone back to the the club season for um the last couple of weeks so I'm really enjoying that at the minute and um I suppose looking at it slightly different as well and you know you get to play with um different people and it, it is a different challenge to me I think as well um so I suppose in the short term, that's my um, that's my goal in terms of trying to um, contribute towards um, Kilmavie and hopefully we'll have um, a good championship run. And then I suppose once that's finished, um, it is the off season then, um, which I'm really looking forward to as well. Um, you know, I think, um, you know, I think it's important to enjoy that downtime as well and really? to have that break and, and give yourself that break so that you can recharge the batteries. 
Um, so that's probably something I'll um, spend a bit of time on and, and then um, I suppose reflect on the year as well. Um, you know, speaking to the different coaches that we have and looking at maybe, yeah, what went well, what are the areas for improvement and I suppose setting targets again for, for the next year. So um, that'd be probably something I'll do, um, you know, November, December time when when I have a bit of time to spend um, thinking towards it. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to all that. But uh, certainly um, playing with Kilmavi is something that I really enjoy doing and, um, yeah, I can't wait for that to Amazing. kick off. Oh, amazing. Um, and it sounds like you're excited for that off season as well. Is there any big plans for that? Oh, uh, couldn't say anything now, but yeah, hopefully a big, <laughs> hopefully a big trip away might be on the cards, but nothing confirmed yet. I oh, love, man. um, I love traveling. So yeah, I think, um, hopefully I'll get to do a bit of traveling. Amazing. Amazing. And the final question I would like to close with is, um, I would love to know what, one piece of advice would you give to your younger self? Oh, Claire, you're finishing on a hard one. <laughs> <laughs> um, what advice would I give to myself? Um, I suppose maybe to to keep believing in myself, um, or keep believing in yourself. Um, there's going to be obstacles and challenges uncertainty all kind of coming um coming your way but to, I suppose really embrace them challenges and that it is all part of your personal development and growing um as an individual so you know just to keep believing in yourself I think would be a, a message that I would um give and to um to keep pushing them boundaries and to keep progressing and you know I think probably particularly in, um, you know, women's sport, there has been lots of challenges and obstacles to overcome. And I think if you keep believing in yourself and pushing them boundaries, it not only develops you as a person, but the sport as well. And I suppose the legacy that maybe you can leave behind as well. So I suppose you have to be fearless. Um, you know, when I was younger and playing with the boys growing up, I was I was fearless. And I think maybe over time that, that fear did, does creep in um but yeah to to be fearless maybe and and keep believing in yourself that is absolutely powerful um I just want to say Lisa a massive thank you for joining us here today and for your incredible insights and I've gained so much from this from how you think about um the challenges of life and how you broach things and I think it's going to be so valuable for everyone and anyone who listens so I want to just say a massive thank you for joining me today and it has been incredible thanks very much Claire it's been brilliant to talk to you